you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ and Rhett with you today. Buck is traveling, so he is out. Uh, But Rhett, how are you doing, man? Well, I'm good. And um, I'm laughing a little bit because I'm thinking I'll, I always, you know, behind the curtain a little bit for our friends here, you know, when we're trying to figure out, you know, who's talking about what and which games. I just knew I knew on that text thread that DJ yep. was going to come in hot with that Jets Texans exactly. game because you, my friend, every time I think I'm done, they pull me, pull me back. back in. You are you can't get enough well, of Zach Wilson. You I don't I don't know it. if you I don't know if you saw this. First of all, I haven't watched the Jets play in um, over a month. <laughs> I know it's been, it's been so pitiful. But the uh, I was on the Insider Show, so I was on oh. uh, with Tom P the other day. We were talking about some backup quarterbacks, and I said on that show, I think I posted it, but I said, look, if I'm the Jets, I would put a BYU helmet in Zach's locker this week and tell him, look, we have we have tried to tell you don't make mistakes. We've tried to put handcuffs on you. We've got a great yeah. defense. Don't screw it up. Zach doesn't work, okay? We can't win games when we score six points. So go back to BYU, Zach. You, you turn it over. Bad things happen. Let it roll off your shoulders. Just let it rip. Go out there and play. And I was like, that, that watching the game, we I went back and watched it. We'll go through it. We'll get to it in a little bit. It, obviously, it's not a highlight game. Uh, but the uh, that's exactly what happened. He went out there and played. And there's a couple of them where you kind of cringe, like, oh, gosh, what is he doing? But then, like, that's kind of who he is. Just let him yeah. be who he is. Stop trying yeah. to make him something he's not. Yeah, I mean, there was a, definitely a couple of throws on there that I saw from BYU from the yeah. uh, from the XO tape that you ran at the draft when the Jets took him to <laughs> overall. Yeah. Like, there's there's some of that in there. So yeah, I'll, I'll I'll be curious to get your take on that when we get down there to it. But yeah, uh, um, you had another dud. Oh my gosh! <laughs> wow, I I have uh, I have no words uh, with what the Chargers' offense looks like. I mean, it's a What's total plot here? twist. The defense had been so bad. And now, all of a sudden, the defense for the last month or so has been playing really well. Uh, done a nice job. Offensively, they can't score. They no touchdowns last week against the Patriots. They got a late score in this one. Only put up seven points against the Broncos. Um, so they have kind of fallen apart. Herbert breaks his finger. Looks like he's going to be out Thursday. Who knows if he'll play again the rest of the year. By all intents and purposes, they're in deep trouble. I mean, they are yeah. have a very hard time uh, coming back from this. I, I, I think they're probably done in terms of the playoffs. But I, I did want to swing it over. Because what I'm, I'm calling the Charger games, for those who don't know, I call the Charger games every week. So we always touch on that game just because I'm there. Buck always touched on the Jags game because he's calling their game. So you're yeah. there. We're there. We might as well tell people what we saw. And a lot of times we can take kind of the, the slant from the team that we're, we're working for doing those games. I wanted to spend my time here and give the, some flowers to the Denver Broncos and, and yeah. particularly Vance Joseph. I went back and looked it up. Let's look at these last games here, the last seven games. Green Bay, they gave up 17 points. KC, 9. Buffalo, 22. Minnesota, 20. Cleveland, 12. Those are all wins, by the way. Uh, Houston, 22 was the one loss, and they gave up seven uh, in this game. So over the last seven games, they're averaging 15.5 points allowed. 
Uh, the Niners lead the NFL on the season, allowing 15.8 points per game. Now, obviously, because of the 70-point game against Miami and how bad they were early in the year, you know yeah. their numbers are, are going to be middle of the pack and not very impressive on the season. But over the last seven weeks, they're playing as well as anybody defensively, and they're they're aggressive. And you know the Chargers could not pick up a blitz to save their life. They hit them with so many different blitzes and got free runners. But they have uh, they they are playing aggressive. They're creative, and uh, Vance Joseph has those guys playing good ball. That's awesome. You know, I think they're a game um, out of first place. By the way. Uh, yeah, because if the Chiefs keep stumbling, and we'll get to that game crazy. Uh, here in a little bit as well, like yeah, there's there's definitely some room there for the Broncos to make some moves, and this is a team that we kind of left for dead, right? When they were what one in five, and then yeah. went on the five game, and then lost to te- the Texans, and then bounced yep. back. So, um, yeah, there's there's a lot to like there. I think Javante Williams is playing some good football too, right? With the way that they're, they're is Kana happy right now? Is, is your wife happy with the the Broncos? She, she is a Broncos fan. Yep, yep. Uh, spent her her whole life uh, in and around Denver and Colorado, and um, she's pretty swamped on the, in the work world on on her side of yeah. things. There's a lot yeah. of things going on in the in the yeah. world on the news yep. front these days. Yep. And so, uh, so she's, she, I think, uh, unfortunately has been less of a football fan than she would like, but yeah, definitely got a little kick out of that one, uh, yesterday. Yeah. So no, they're playing good ball. Nice I, I don't think we need to spend any more time on that one, but, no, uh, again, no. the Broncos, uh, very much in the playoff mix and in the division mix as crazy as that sounds. But, uh, uh, how about the next one here? Buck was going to hit this one, but, uh, rap, yeah. but I know you, you jumped in and did some yeah, I jumped on in the on Browns this. and the we, Jags. We had this one on, on our shift of uh, game day live. Uh, Mark Ross and I were kind of looking at this and uh, the Browns had built a lead. Jags kind of came back. Browns built it again. And I, look, I think first off, let's credit Trevor Lawrence, right? I mean, after watching that injury on Monday, that I was like, yeah, no way, no way he plays. No way. He might be out for the year. You know, like you're going through all those machinations in your mind watching you know, an impact player like that go down and not return. And then, you know, he comes out here. Tough, tough dude. Plus his offensive line is extremely depleted at the tackle position. I mean, like we know they're down Cam Robinson. Walker yeah. Little was out to start this game. So they moved Ezra Cleveland over to left tackle. He gets hurt uh, in the first half. And so Blake Hance comes in as their f- essentially fourth string left tackle Look, he didn't have a great day, but I don't know yeah. if that's putting him in a great position either with the, you know, the way that the Browns can get after the passer. He played 39 snaps, gave up four hits and eight pressures. Team as a whole gave up 27 Jeez. pressures on Trevor Lawrence, which is that's tough not the team. Guy. Yeah, not the team you want to be playing when you're not whole up front. And when you're a little banged up, you yeah. know, in the mobility department from the quarterback spot. Now he threw three picks. Um, first one, ill-advised deep shot. Uh, second one, he got pressure and it was a miscommunication with Zay Jones. Third one, free rusher. He takes the shot down the sideline, just overthrows it. It was played well by Greg Newsom. But I think what's most important here in this game is Joe Flacco, man. How about Joe that? Flacco fits in this offense. And he is he has given them, I, I think I would say, and it, probably isn't that much of a stretch to say their two best games of quarterback play this season. Mm. (laughs) How about that? He comes off the couch, right? Um, He's decisive. He knows where he wants to go with the football. He is unflustered in the pocket. Uh, He was also protected pretty well. Give him that too. Arm is still terrific. Like he's 38 (laughs) years old. The arm is still there. Like he goes, he has a left hash shot. He lets it rip from the minus 12 left hash it hits the sideline at the 32 on the far right side, and it's on the money, on time, perfect throw, first down. I'm like, that's big time. That's a big time throw right there. Uh, he even showed some evasiveness uh, in the pocket. Rusher gets his hands on him. He escapes, 
scrambling out to the right, makes a pretty throw on the run. He just seems really comfortable, calm in the pocket. He's got great touch still, layering balls over the second level. There is a lot to like, and I think the Browns are right back in the thick of things if they were floundering a little bit as a playoff contender, but that's a playoff-looking team right there with Flacco at quarterback, Deej. Yeah, and I think you are you probably take some heart by watching that if you're a Jets fan and say, hey, look yeah. at Flacco at that age. Maybe uh, Aaron Rodgers coming off this injury next year. Still got a little magic left in him. Uh, nice to see the older guys yeah. uh, with the experience. And the, the whole thing with, with older quarterbacks, and this is another Jets point, by the way, not to get off on a tangent, but you just invest in the offensive line. If you're going to have an old quarterback, you've got to protect him. The weapons aren't as important as the protection right. the older you get at the quarterback position. Right. But anyways, great to see Joe Flacco uh, get loose again, as you said, right off the couch. Uh, how about Flacco's old team, the Ravens? In one of the games, uh, probably the best games of the entire weekend, uh, came that down to the end awesome. in overtime. They beat the Rams 37-31. I kept going back, and because, again, this was another game in the early window that we had on Game Day Live, um, which, by the way, uh, every Sunday on NFL Network. By the way, I did see the ratings the other day. Up every year. Year over year, just, it just keeps climbing. Bang, bang, bang. Yeah. 600,000 people checking us yeah. out each and every yeah. week. It's awesome to see. Um so we're watching this game and it's it's back and forth. I mean, like every time like I'm giving score alerts, bang, bang, Rams and Ravens scored again. Um, couple of just a just an overarching kind of theme in this. The Rams are a playoff caliber team. Yeah, the Rams are a playoff caliber team to go all the way to Baltimore on the road in the rain and give that team who is one of the two, three best teams in the AFC right now an absolute run for their money. Um especially on offense. I mean, like you look at, they Puka, ran the ball really well too. They, then that's what they've been doing this year. When Kyron Williams is healthy, man, that team has been rolling on the ground. And then you throw in, obviously Cooper cup and Puka Nakua. They get Tyler Higby back who was out in this game. Although they did get, you know, a couple of good, uh, you know, there's some good snaps from Davis Allen, uh, the young tight end from Clemson caught his first career touchdown in this game. Um, I, I think uh, what let him down here was some major coverage busts on defense. Because they were in, they, they play, and this was a really tight game, like even across the board. Credit to the Rams offense. They scored on all five of their red zone possessions, albeit three touchdowns and two field goals. But on defense, they let up some explosive plays uh, that just, you, you can't have it. And I don't know if there were, like I was texting you back and forth. I was trying to figure out what some of these coverages were on some of these yeah. plays. The Odell Beckham sluggo uh, just got Jordan Fuller. He bit up hard on it and, and Odell's wide open. Uh, Lamar underthrows him, but he still gets into the end zone. They had an Isaiah Likely play uh, early in the first half where he comes in motion and no one accounts for him. He comes in motion, ends up being the the third, the, the outside receiver in a three-by-one set, and there's just nobody there. So clear miscommunication there. Jordan Fuller misses the angle. He had a tough game in this one. Uh, and then on the last one, um, the last big you know, kind of miscue on defense is a third and 17 with the game on the line and they go down there and allow Zay flowers to cross Fuller's face going from right to left. And he catches the touchdown that gives the Ravens the lead. Ultimately the Rams work down there and tie it up and go to overtime. Um, But man, just you take a couple of those plays away. And I know it's hard to say that, but again, when they're miscommunications and, and sometimes it seems like unforced errors, yeah, that's that's hard when you're that close to beating that good of a team. Yeah, and I, look, give the Ravens credit. They've found ways to win different types of games. Yes. They've found themselves in low-scoring games, high-scoring games. Uh, the offense uh, with Lamar Jackson, really arm and legs doing everything in this game was big uh, for them. They needed all of it. They needed all that offense in this one. I will say defensively for the Ravens, 
you know, they're, they're a challenge with what they do up front and the looks that they present. I do think that the, you know, the type of teams are going to be able to do well against them on that side of the ball, veteran quarterback, veteran coach, because you yeah. have to have answers baked in for all the different sim pressures you're going to get. And Stafford was in, was in the groove with his play caller in Sean McVay. So yeah. uh, they were seeing things the same. It's going to be a nightmare defense for young quarterbacks to deal with. But I think that was a little bit of a blueprint. If you've got somebody who's been around the block a few times, understands what looks he's being presented, knows where to attack the yeah. weak spots. I thought uh, that was kind of the key to them there. And then obviously, you know, Tylen Wallace, the punt return walk-off. Yeah, walk-off. I mean, that's huge. And he's not their regular punt returner. Devin DuVernay is. He goes out. Tylen Wallace has to step in. I mean, it's kind of a cool story. He was a senior bowler, right? From Oklahoma uh, yeah, State. Yeah, Oklahoma Tylen State. Wallace yeah. Yep. yeah. Um, you know, doesn't get a lot of reps uh, on the offensive side of the ball, but steps in in a big spot and obviously gets that done uh, after the three and out. So uh, on the Rams' first offensive possession in overtime. But uh, right. the Rams are here to stay. Yep, they're they're playing good ball. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break. We come back. Uh, this is not a rerun, but we will get into a game where the Eagles were pounded. Uh, we'll get into that right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower. 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, Rhett, this was uh, billed as the game of the day. Sunday night football, uh, Eagles, Cowboys. The Eagles have problems, and we'll get to those problems <laughs> in just a minute. Uh, they've been exposed, really, by the other two uh, I would say clearly two teams that are better than them right now. I don't know any way, other way to say it after watching what the Niners did to them and then watching what the Cowboys did to them in this one. But let's start with the Cowboys yeah. on their side of things. Uh, Dak, an efficient day, 271 yards, two touchdowns. They ran the ball well, kind of did yep. what they wanted. When I looked at explosives in this game, which was interesting to watch from the Cowboys' standpoint, they found some, they found some Waldos on the other side they wanted to go out after. Um, and it was a lot of the young guys. It was or or newer players there. Roby yeah. got torched in this game. Yeah. Eli Ricks, who's been out there, he struggled. Uh, Keely Ringo, the young guy out of Georgia, he struggled. I mean, it was it, no, it was equal opportunity. But Zach was seeing the field very well, um, and just was was uh, even though they did hit, hit him a little bit, heated him up a little bit. Um, they had matchups down the field that they found very favorable coming off of a, a game against the Niners where uh, they picked on this secondary a little bit. I think it's a combination of maybe they're not as talented in the back end uh, in Philadelphia, but they're not connected either. That's a kind of a buzz phrase you hear when you talk to defensive coaches. We've got to be connected on the back end. They were not connected at all. And there were some guys running free. Yeah. And, you know, there are some young players. You mentioned that Sidney Brown out there, too. And I know yep. uh, Reed Blankenship left the game early and he's, you know, he's a guy that, uh, you know, that's a big piece of their secondary um, rotation there. And what, did you see anything from Kevin Byard in that one? You think like a you know veteran. Presence he didn't have as that? much blood on his hands when I went through and looked yeah. at all the big plays. And it, but, but yeah. it was interesting. I was having to use our lads to go through and like, who the heck is this? Uh, right. Eli Ricks, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was uh, yeah. those those types of things. But there were there were other plays Rhett, where like he's hitting, he'll hit a seam ball, and the other, there's another wide receiver on the on the top of the on the top of the screen who's just naked wide open. And it's like, dude, they're they're running free all over the place. And this is the Eagles team. I think they had the number one pass defense in the NFL last year. 
So, yeah. you know, look, that's yeah, a major drop-off. Yeah. Major drop-off. They hit him a little bit. Reddick had two sacks. But they, you know, he's getting the ball out. Again, when I talk about being connected, it means when you're getting home and then you're not tight in coverage. Like, there's no, you don't have time. You don't have time to get there. There's too many, there's too many openings. So, um, they, they've got major issues. And I think when you look around the NFC, there's quarterbacks to take advantage of. If you're not good in the back end, they can take advantage of it. And Dallas, from what they are, defensively, they were dominant in this game. They ran it. They could throw it when they needed to. It's a pretty complete football team, man. One of the best Cowboy teams we've seen in a long time. Yeah, and you know, I think there were times this year when the Cowboys had one of those games, you know, where they they kind of had a you know one of those letdowns, and you didn't see that ground game, right? You didn't see, and they had a nice combo with Tony Pollard and Rico Dowdle uh, in there rushing yeah. for over a hundred yards. And again, I just think that takes some of that burden uh, off of Dak Prescott, even even though he's played you know exceptionally well since that 49ers loss uh, a couple of weeks ago. But now we're talking about back-to-back blowouts here blowouts. from the Eagles. I mean, they didn't score an offensive touchdown for the first time in six years. Yeah. Uh, so what do we make of wh- where they are offensively right now? now? You want to talk about not running the football. I mean, they haven't, they haven't been able to do it very effectively. No, I mean, look, the, the, uh, the Niners is as good a defense as there is in the yeah. league. Dallas Cowboys are Cowboys not bad right either. There. So there, there's a... <laughs> There's part of that, but if you're going to get to the, through the tournament, those are the teams you got to get through. Exactly. So, uh, you know, look, I, I would say, man, if they get healthy and uh, and they're full speed ahead in the postseason, I think they can play with those teams. But man, they've got to uh, they've got to clean up some stuff on the back end and then offensively. I don't know if it's just getting Jalen healthier or, or or what it is there, but yeah, you know, the one thing with the Cowboys, <laughs> they did not get caught up the field against him. That's kind of like you talk about a little bit of the blueprint there. Don't give him lanes. Don't get caught up the field. Let him climb up and run and see. They kind of just put a wall in front of him and, and took that away. And he's, you know, he's just not comfortable. He's not comfortable right now. And it isn't because he's getting upfield pressure. He's just not seeing it well. Cowboys have been really good at home. Uh, they've now won their 15th straight game at home, dating back to the 2022 season. So you think about the way that they're surging right now, and you think about playoffs and them trying the to find The only problem them, so- is they have one team that's their kryptonite. That's the that's problem. Right. That's right. And that's, that's the team great. they're probably going to have to go on the road. I would think. I haven't looked at the at the tiebreaker. Yeah. They beat them head to head this year. They beat the snot out of them. So I would think San Francisco would hold the uh, hold the tiebreaker there. They, right? well, I'm they saying, but even just record. to get the an NFC Championship yeah. game would be a <laughs> would be big. Yeah. Well, they're looking on, like they're heading that way right now. So two yeah, seed as it stands. Yeah, I think that would go through San Francisco. Yeah. So yeah. Um. Uh. All right, let's get to this next game because this yeah. was you know we talked about the the Cowboys Eagles being billed as the game of the day. This one, because of all the news surrounding the Buffalo Bills yeah. and then the the Kansas City Chiefs not looking right, uh, this was a, an intriguing matchup. And then it had a little drama at the end, which we'll get to, uh, but just overall impression uh, of this game that was won by the Buffalo Bills 2017. And I would say it, it, is a, it was a must-win game for Buffalo, and they got it. Oh, done. yeah. Oh yeah, where they're where they were, uh, you know, where they were sitting, and and some of the, the the games that they have lost that you'd expect them to be, um, you know, much further along than where they were. I mean, they're still sitting at the uh, in the eleven hole right now in the yeah. uh, AFC, so they still got work to do, uh, which seems strange for this team at this point. But you could not go under five hundred right now, and especially as you were saying, because you're going to start to get things piling on right with all the off the field stuff that they were dealing with with. Sean McDermott this uh, this last week. So that was a big one. Um, and I think the early, the, the way that they kind of got after it early on really kind of helped uh, set the table for what they wanted to do uh, in this game. 
thought Josh Allen played well early. He had one of those plays where he was trying to do a little too much, and you'll see that. Uh, obviously, he just kind of takes some of those, right? Uh, but they jump out to the 14 nothing lead, and that basically buoyed them the whole way because obviously the Chiefs came back, uh, you know, and kind of made this thing a little bit closer, 17-14 after the Rasheed Rice touchdown catch. Um, but I, the Chiefs just, I, I don't know. Um, it's good to see Rasheed Rice continuing to ascend. Yeah, he's um, a good player. He is a good player. And and maybe that'll remove some of the other issues that they're having with drop. And they still had drops in this game. Yeah. You know, and, and that's just tough to see. And obviously, I think not having Isaiah Pacheco really kind of hurt him a little bit, too. Couldn't really run the ball with any sort of uh, consistency or effectiveness. Um, but I think, you know, we kind of get fooled by the Bills record a little bit. It's a talented football team. Yeah. Right. There's a lot of talent at there. So they're, they're much better in a six and six football team coming in um, and they played like it. So, look, I, I think that's about what we expected when these two teams get together. And obviously, we got to go and talk about what happened at the end with Mahomes and Tony and Travis Kelsey on that play. And obviously, they're up in arms about it. What's your what's your take on all that? Well, um, I'll give you a quick take on that. Yeah. I'll circle back and then we'll we'll uh, yeah. we'll go back to that topic. But. He just, I watched the tape this morning. It was offside. It was it was offside. <laughs> and it's not like the it's not like the official knew what was going to happen. That it was going to be one of the wildest, craziest right, plays right. of the year. It threw it before he, he throws. A, it's a, threw the snap. The guy's a full yard offsides. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, throw the flag, and then the play happens. It's not like the play happens and he goes, "Oh, I'm going to throw that flag." A ticky tack call and pull that back. He didn't know what was going to happen. He's just doing his job. Yeah. So, anyways, I thought. Somebody had a uh, interesting point after the game, which was uh, I don't even saw it. Somebody on 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 uh, Twitter had said it that uh, I don't mind that Mahomes was pissed on the sideline. I don't mind what he said in the uh, in the post game, but like shaking Josh Allen's hand after the game, like how about just how about just hey, good game, Josh. Josh is like he told Josh this is the worst call I've ever yeah. seen. What what does Josh say to that? Like I, hey, okay, yeah, <laughs> tough. Sorry. You guys you guys didn't have something go your way. What's that feel like? Uh, yeah, uh, I can't imagine. I don't have right. uh, words for that. But anyways, no, I I went back and watched the tape uh, this morning and a couple things. Number one, uh, you know, Mahomes, I thought at times was a little too aggressive, which is always a fine line because he's so special. Um, but I thought there were times where he had things underneath and intermediate that were there and he was either holding the ball, took a sack, you know, holding the ball, forcing it down the field versus taking what was there. I thought as the game progressed, he started seeing it a little better and taking what was there a little more consistently. Um, Rice was a definitely a, a highlight for me going back and watching. I'm like, okay, they have something there, but they don't have they they need they need more guys just to yeah. give them more run after catch. Because the Bills, this is the team that did this the first time, couple, you know, three or four years ago when the Bills played the safeties deep and kind of really put the shell over this offense. That was the first example of that. Now in that game, uh, which was a Thursday night game in Buffalo, the Chiefs ran it down their throats and were content to do that. But they're going to have to get more and more run after catch receivers because teams are just going to try and put a lid on them. So that's something they're going to have to do in the offseason. But I didn't, you know, Mahomes missed throws too. I mean, like he had some opportunities and missed, uh, yeah. which I'm not used to seeing at all. So I didn't think he played a super clean game. I didn't think he played his best. Uh, and they're I think, still look, struggling pressure wise, giving yeah. pressures. Yeah. And he yeah. moved. They, I thought they did a yeah. good job early on. They moved the pocket around a little bit. But there were three or four uh, times where, you know, batted balls at the line of scrimmage just. Stuff you're not used to seeing, just kind of sloppy uh, offense for them. But uh, you know, I give Buffalo credit on their side of things. They made them uncomfortable, and you you know, as, as a lot of teams have done, held them under 20 points. Yeah. Um, and they just don't, you know, hey, this is a this is a thing where I left this game saying 
There's a lot of different takeaways. But if if the Bills sneak in, you don't want to play them. You don't want to see those guys as a road team. And you, you win the the uh, AFC South, and you got to have Josh Allen and company coming to your place right. first round. I'm not loving that. Right. And the other thing is, even if Kansas City, um, you know, isn't right, they they still have a chance and time to figure this out. They're more than likely going to still win the division. They're going to get a home game and get a chance to to get going a little bit. But they're going to have to pack their road jerseys. They're going to end up playing on the road at some point in time in this postseason. Um, I'm just not going to throw dirt on them by by any stretch, but they are still searching. They have not found it yet. Guys, kind of strange to think. Yeah, the Broncos are a game back. That's what I'm saying. First place in the West. Yeah. And, you know, like, and and what we've got, uh, this is week 14. We got 50, 60, 17, 18. We got four games left. I mean, technically the Chargers and the Raiders are not in that thing either. And I don't imagine that the, yeah. the Chiefs are going to lose three or four down the down the stretch here. But um but yeah, man, that's that. It's weird how that division has kind of disintegrated uh, outside yeah. of uh, the Broncos, who have who have been on it the rise. Ascended a little bit, yeah, no question. Yeah. Um, we don't need to spend too much time here on this next one, Rhett. Uh, yeah. But it was an entertaining game, just in terms of the back and forth uh, with yeah. the Bucks beating the Falcons twenty nine twenty five. I think there's just two plays uh, that that really stick out to me in this game: Bucks and Falcons. They threw in a bunch uh, against. How about Drake London? Good lord. Well, great to see like one of the guys with immense talent like yeah. utilized in this offense. We even saw Kyle Pitts get into the end zone for the fifth time in his career. Bijan Robinson, you know, only had 10 carries, but was a factor in the past game. Um, you know, and I think that happens sometimes. I know we're all kind of waiting like, all right, what is Bijan just going to start to get 20 carries a game here at some point? Well, fact is, Tyler Algier is a pretty good player, too. And so yeah. they, they can spread those carries around as long as Bijan is getting those 15 or so touches. Uh, when you factor in the pass game, it's good. But here's here's the two plays. Desmond Ritter threw an interception in this game, uh, backed up inside his own 10-yard line. But the mechanics of the play, I thought were kind of interesting. And um, I'll send you some homework to go back and watch this one. Yeah, It is a, um, he's, he's essentially, he's in the shotgun. He's got a, the running back out to his left. He's throwing, he's, a, he's going to throw a quick screen out to his right. But he does a reverse move where his eyes go away from the right side of the field. He's spinning like 360 spins left and then throwing back right. So he loses vision, right, of what's happening on the right side. Meanwhile, Carlton Davis sees this thing happening from a mile away. Great, I assume, great film study, great read, recognition, react. And he picks the ball off, right? Carlton Davis picks the quick screen off. And Ritter never even saw him. But I don't know if that's as much on him or as much on, you know, what they're asking him to do with the mechanics of that play. Um, And so they end up scoring a touchdown there. And then, you know, this next one is a safety. They're in max protect down inside the five-yard line. They got a two-man route combination, and both of them are running deep. We got uh, the far guy on the left side is running a deep post, okay? And then the guy on the right, Drake London, is running a double move. So Ritter is waiting. He hit just yeah. three times with his feet planted in the end zone. But again, they're max protect. And yeah. Antoine Winfield comes on a blitz. He beats the doors off the fullback. And But Ritter's holding the ball 3.7 seconds before he, yeah. he gets hit. And you just can't do that in the end zone. I don't care how many guys you got protected, yeah, right? Yeah, no kidding. So yeah, that, nice. those two plays come, come back and haunt the Falcons, I, I think, in that game that ends up being really close. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 6-7, and seven, division leaders. 
How about that? Three-way tie at six and seven. Yeah, life is good. Life is yeah. good. Um, all, all right. right, we teased this at the top, the uh, Jets-Texans. It was uh, yeah, really kind here? of a butt-kicking 30-6. I touched on the Zach Wilson stuff. They let him just kind of go out there and, and play. He was loose under a lot of pressure. He got sacked a bunch of times, but he was able to get away, escape, made some kind of those vintage kind of uh, schoolyard plays that we saw during his last year at BYU. Um, I thought also, you know, I wrote down a couple things on him that like, how do you make a guy comfortable, right? A couple things. Well, number one, you start by not dropping the football. This is the only game he's played in this year where he didn't have drops, no drops for the Jets and a rainy, messy weather game, which was nice. Um, But I thought I thought he had some answers on some hots. So, you know, some of the pressure he got, he had some answers. He was able to find them. That was great. And then I wrote down the three S's. Like when you're baking in the game plan for Zach Wilson, and again, I'm not saying he's going to be a great player. I'm not even saying he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. But if you're going to get the best out of him from a scheme standpoint, screens, seams, scrambles. That's that's what he does. That's where he's comfortable. That's yeah. where he is. If you look at some of the – he's thrown some really nice seam balls to tight ends. When he can get the back of a linebacker, in other words, you're, getting, you're seeing the back of the linebacker's head running down the seam with tight ends. He's hit a handful of those this year. Where he's able to get that right up over the top was Conklin, I believe, in this one. I think he hit Rucker as well. A couple of yeah. those balls. But he's he loves that throw. He's comfortable making that throw. So bake those into the offense, those seam balls. Then screens. Obviously, you've got Brees Hall as a big factor in that, uh, using him in the screen game. That gives you some easy completions, as we like to say, see the ball go through the hoop. And then it, the rest is kind of some schoolyard stuff. You're not really calling a scramble. But give him the liberty and the freedom. Hey, you get a free guy, make, make something happen. We don't need you to... You know, I think in the past this year, oh, just dirt the ball, incompletion, let's line up again. If we punt, we punt. We've got a great defense. Like, it's not who he is. Don't just, yeah. just free him up a little bit. I thought you did that. When you watch this game, it was a mixture of those three things. I'm glad you brought up those throws to the tight ends because those stood out to me as we were watching yeah. this game live. Uh, I'm like, man, you know, I think maybe a, a, a couple of weeks ago, you know, Zach's, Zach's not pulling the trigger on that one. Right. He's like, you know, let me take there are no care of risk. Single, there are no risk throws. You've got the back go. of the linebacker's head. There's no risk. Yeah. He can't see the ball. Yeah. And uh, and he placed it perfectly on a couple of those. And those were big ones. Obviously, Garrett Wilson having a nice game here is is a is a good development uh, for the Jets offense. But yeah, I mean, I think uh, what you said at the top of the program here is is great. Go put that BYU helmet back in there, man. Yeah. <laughs> like that's how this guy needs to play. Like, let's take the handcuffs live off. With the let's warts. go rip it. Just live with the warts. Uh, the I other the thing Bills in this do game with Josh Allen all the time, right? Yeah. I mean, on a on a different kind of scale, I think. But man, um, what, that, that's one of the things this guy's got to play. Watching the other side of the ball, Jets defense played great. It was C.J. Stroud had a tough day, and unfortunately, got a, got yeah, hit hurt. late and got yeah. knocked out. But um, the Chargers game, as we referenced earlier, I think the Chargers were had one uh, one conversion on third down, maybe one of thirteen or something like that. Houston Houston was one for twelve on third down. Well, so. Yeah. Tells you a couple things. Number one, Tank Dell's not playing, who's yeah. a comfort, you know, kind of a, a security blanket, so to speak, uh, for CJ Stroud. That's a part of it. And the Jets have guys who can win on third down. This is a third down league. So when you are uh when you're trying to build your roster defensively, who helps us win on third down? You know, who can cover, who can rush? Uh the Jets are loaded in those in those departments. They should be really good on third down defense. And then the Jets were six for fifteen. On uh, on third down, so a much better performance for them on third Enough. down, and I think Garrett Wilson uh, had some of those at tight ends as well. So yeah. um, I thought sometimes you can look at a box score and it'll lie to you. This one kind of told the story uh, that Houston couldn't get anything going offensively. Yeah, and and I think um, 
you know, you're starting to see some of the attrition there have an effect yeah. on what they want to do. It's not just Tank Dell, but Dalton Schultz was out too. And yep. Dalton had been a big There's third down right there in the middle of the field. There's yeah. your third down. And then when they, when they can't push, I mean, this team has made a living on pushing the ball down the field and, yep. and with Tank. And then Nico Collins goes out early in the game, you know, as well. So like you're really hamstrung here and you got CJ probably holding on to the ball, you know, a little bit more than he'd like to and get, not getting rid of it. And so he takes a couple of those hits, and that's unfortunate. Hopefully, he gets back uh, soon enough. But um, look, I, you know, I, I don't know where this is going to put the Texans in the in the scheme in the grand scheme of like this year, like finding their way into the playoffs. Um, but the AFC South, if the Jags keep losing, is going to yeah. be there. If they can hold serve until you get Nico back, you can get Dalton back, um, and then maybe you can find a way to patch this thing together and find your way into the postseason. But bottom line is bright future uh there no, in houston when they got all their weapons no question all right uh well i'll give you the scores of these other games if there's a nugget yeah. you want to throw in there go ahead but you had the niners behind brock purdy they get the seahawks 28 16 the lions and the bears how about this one the bears 28 to 13 over the Lions. colts Bengals. colts 34 14 the saints beat the panthers 28 to 6 while wow, the panthers are terrible uh yeah, it's just bad. vikings raiders three what to are we nothing. doing here three to zero so, wait, so you I got to call a game Thursday nighter, week, right? a Thursday nighter between a team that scored seven points and a team that scored zero points, and it'll be Aiden, Aiden O'Connell, O'Connell and Easton versus Stick. Easton Stick. So Let's go. fun times, fun times. Anything you want to hit on those games, though? Uh man, um, Brock Purdy was awesome. I mean, it, well, that's yeah, three hundred sixty-eight yards made it look easy. I mean, and then you had it was a complete dominating performance. McCaffrey goes for a buck forty-five. They they kicked their butts. Um. Jake Browning uh, apparently had a thumb cramp. I, I've never seen I've never that. heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. He actually admitted that he did not drink enough water. He got dehydrated and his thumb on his throwing hand cramped. He had to leave the game. AJ McCarron came in uh. and played a couple of series, but Browning did come back uh, again. Chase Brown, I, I think is, is one of the morals of the story. There had a big time screen touchdown. Joe Mixon, they're really starting to cook with the running backs, maybe more so than they did when Joe Burrow was in there, which is kind of interesting to see a little bit. Um, there may be more of a push the ball down the field with Burrow, but with Browning, you keep the targets a little bit closer into the line of scrimmage and good things kind of happen. And, and I think we're seeing that. The interesting thing for me is like, what are the bear? You know, what's happening now with the yeah. bear? Justin Fields played good. What are you going to do at number one now? Yeah, but, but I still go back to the same thing. I, I think you have to be honest with yourself. And if you really believe that these three things, um, two of them are facts, younger and cheaper, right? So younger and cheaper are locks. You know, if you take a quarterback at one and trade fields, you're getting younger and cheaper guaranteed. The second, the third factor, the most important factor, are you getting better? (laughs) Right. Are you getting better? Are you getting better right now? Or are you going to be better in two years? Yeah, but but it allows you the window to expand. So even if you say, okay, you know, I won't mention the quarterback that they would take there. I think we all know who that is. You could say that quarterback year one versus Justin next year. Justin might be better on a scale of one to 100. Maybe Justin is an 83 or 84 next year. And this new rookie quarterback is a 75. Yeah, but that's not why you make that decision. You make it for two and three years down the line when that when quarterback still costs you nothing. And that quarterback's right. now a 90, 91, 93, 95. Yeah. So um that that's going to be interesting and if i'm the bears people are saying oh if justin fields plays great down the stretch it's going to make their life a nightmare they're gonna have to 
sort this thing out. I'm saying, no, it's great. They hope he tears it up. Yeah, tear get it better up. Return if they get better return it. when you yeah. make the move. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, it's going to be a fascinating offseason. They are going to be at the center of it. Uh, no doubt uh, that's going to be a fascinating Once again. story to follow. Yeah. Um, all right. I want to remind everybody, we'll be back with four more episodes this week, including the Move the Six video show that streams 4 p.m. Pacific every Tuesday on the NFL Fast Channel. And uh, also want to remind you, the Saturday showdown is back this Saturday with an exclusive triple header live on NFL Network. Watch Vikings Bengals. That's at 1 p.m. Eastern, followed by Steelers Colts. Uh, and then the Broncos in the Lions in primetime. That's Saturday, December 16th, only on NFL Network and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Um, all right, we'll have Bucky back probably tomorrow. Uh, be back in the mix. Uh, Rhett, appreciate you doing a little extra homework this week. Uh, good to see you, man. And uh, we'll catch up with everybody tomorrow right here on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.